0: Adams. And this is Kathy Adams. I'm eating a banana. I can tell. Hello, banana finger. <laughs> so uh, this is Zen Parenting Radio, episode number two thirty-four, maybe. Does that sound right, sweetie? I yeah, I don't know. But it's around there. Sweetie, what do you know? You're only the co-host. You know, you know what's good. Was that a shot? Did I just throw you a shot? I don't think so. Sorry I didn't take that. offense. Um okay, Zen Parenting Radio. What is Zen Parenting Radio? It's you, sweetie. You're a spiritual and emotional mom, and me. I'm a logical and practical dad. We have three daughters, uh, ages 7, 10, and 12, and our goal is to give you the resources to become a better parent, but more importantly, to become a better you. Um, and then you want to know what we discuss, sweetie? We discuss transformational wisdom, everyday challenges, and pop culture to encourage what?
1: Self awareness.
0: Yeah. Laughter. Yeah.
1: Empathy. Compassion,
0: no, no, stop there. Love, That's not in my notes. Sweetie. Oh, sorry, but Don't, those things go there no, too. It's, if it's not in my notes, it's not true. <laughs> and always remember our motto: is the best predictor of a child's well being is a parent's self understanding. And on my cheat sheet here, I usually have events, and technically we have no events planned, but we have one that we're going to announce sometime soon. Yes, I think next week. Hopefully right. next week, and it's a big one. So hopefully uh, you will tune in to hear that. So well, and I've got a big announcement. Oh yeah, go ahead.
1: So I got an email this morning. It actually, it's funny because it came last night. I got an email last night at 10.50 and I got off my phone at like 10.45. Mm -hmm. But I got an email that I won a book award. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. It's the National Indie Excellence Book Awards. And it's the book, they chose my book um, as the
0: 2015 Parent and
1: Family Book.
0: I think it's not the best book in the category. I think it's the best book of the year, sweetie.
1: Oh, that's nice. That's because you're my husband.
0: Well, even if I wasn't, I'd still think it was the best book that's of the year. That's because you wrote the foreword. The foreword is great. <laughs> I'm a big fan of that foreword. It's my first time in a, uh, being in print. Yes. Yeah. And now it's an award-winning book that you're the forward. So I'm an award-winning forwarder. Yes. I wonder if the forward is what got you the prize. (laughs)
1: What if you create a new business to write forwards for (laughs)
0: people? I got you. Anybody got a new business? Just let me know. I'll write the forward.
1: That's right. A new book, not business. So
0: here's whatever. Here's the deal. Um, We're going to talk about a local kid who got a ticket for truancy. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be an interesting discussion. Uh, I'm going to share a few stories that happened yesterday. Okay. And then sweetie, wants to talk about running away from the present moment.
1: I do. And and possibly briefly, but possibly there'll be more
0: to it. And then we definitely have some listeners questions. I feel like we've delayed on these listeners and I feel like we owe them.
1: Okay. Well, then why don't I do this? Why don't I start with what running away means? And we'll kind of keep it brief, but I think it's a very valid, uh, not just valid, it is an important point to make. Because sometimes we are not aware that we are runners.
0: Um, I am not a runner because I have a bad knee, sweetie. No,
1: not physically running, not cross-country track and going on the prairie path. That's in Elmhurst. So if you're not from here, you don't know what the prairie path is, but everybody runs on it. (laughs)
0: Is that what you're talking about?
1: Brian. Um. Okay, turn turn down. Oh yes.
0: Do you want Do you want any songs? Any run songs? Can you think of any?
1: Um. How about "I Ran" by Flock of Seagulls?
0: Yikes! Is that what it's called? <laughs> "I Ran." Yeah. Flock of Seagulls—they're good. I'm mad that we're playing the worst song last. waiting for it to get good. <laughs> you might be. Are those the seagulls in the background? No. Oh, but. Maybe. Well,
2: <laughs> we're waiting.
0: <laughs> Come on. Come on, where's the words?
1: It, well, they say I ran in the chorus. Okay, stop the music so we can talk about what we mean.
0: That was the worst song clip of our history.
1: No, it wasn't. You well, just I was don't waiting don't like for them to say,
0: and I ran, I ran so, so far away. away. All right.
1: Whatever.
0: Okay, so here we go. Okay, go ahead.
1: I was having a talk with a friend the other day, and we were talking about how so often what we do in our lives is when something difficult happens, we run away. And what does that look like? Um, it's not always literal, like we actually, you know, turn around and run. It's that we think that if we're not feeling good about something, that if we move to a new house or a new state or a new place, that everything's going to be better. Or a new boyfriend. Or we decide that if we weren't with the person we were with and we were with somebody else, and when we're single, that we can do that somewhat conveniently. A little bit easier, right. When we're married, it ends up being called an affair, and that can be more challenging Mm -hmm. for obvious reasons, we run to the next thing rather than deal with what's happening now. It also can look like, I'm going to quit my job and take this next job because then I'll be happy. I'm going to, um, you know, it it shows up in these big ways and in little ways. Sometimes we run away from our feelings Mm -hmm. where we'll decide will do a numbing out behavior. I am going to eat and I am not going to feel this. Yeah. I am going to go shopping and I am not going to feel this. I am going to go have a cigarette yeah. or I'm going to go have a glass of wine and I am not going to feel this. And really, for all intents and purposes, that's running away right? because you're not sitting with what you're feeling. So oftentimes it becomes grand, like I said, like a move or a job or a relationship change or choosing to have another baby because maybe not the best reasons.
0: Yeah. Like it, let's say that there's a couple who's having a hard time and then they have another baby thinking that that's going to fix the problem.
1: Yes. That's such an old school thought, but I think there's still people who do that. Oh, I think it that.
0: happens. Better believe and it.
1: why this is so important to recognize in ourselves is because we often end up blaming our circumstances for how we're feeling. Exactly. And while our circumstances can create an emotional response in us, meaning that, of course, I get affected when I have a bad day. I'm not, I'm human, you know. Mm. But we sometimes think that everything should be better once we move. Yeah. Or here's a big one, Todd. Vacation.
2: Yeah.
1: I can't stand my life, but I can't wait for a vacation. And then you know what happens on vacation when you bring kids? It's difficult.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean vacation. Sometimes it sucks. Sometimes you need a vacation from your vacation because vacation you have none you don't have your home and your neighbors and the backyard. You're kind of like constantly on each other in a hotel. It's not easy all the time. So my point is, is we're always waiting for this time when we think we're going to feel better and we run from what we're experiencing now. But if we can practice being...
2: Have a great vacation. You too, Bob. A vacation from my problems.
0: <laughs> um, that's from What About Bob. I need. We need to make that a family movie night. We do. This is the part where I like interrupt you and you forget where you were. Do you no, remember where you were?
1: I was just going to say... The most important piece of this, besides that everybody who's listening who's a parent or an adult, I want you to be able to feel happiness in your everyday life and quit waiting to feel it until you go on vacation, get Mm -hmm. the new car. Once I get the new car, once I get the new iPhone 6, then I'm going to – you're running from what's happening now. And what you'll find is it can't sustain. Now, here's why this is essential. For your happiness, but your kids – Do what you do. Yeah. So if you are a runner and they live in a household where the people around them are running, that's what they learn to do. Mm -hmm. And that was the conversation I was having with my friend is about her daughter who is now – old enough where she's making these decisions and saying, well, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to go here. And I want to go away to school and I want to go, um, be, you know, she's making these grand Escaping? escaping. Yeah. She's making big, huge decisions because she's watched her parents do that.
0: Well, and I feel like there are, um, occasions when you, Think that if you run away, that you're avoiding it from having to deal with it. But eventually, it's gonna, whether it's right. a, a day, it's like you know. When I was at little, and I would be playing baseball in front of my house, and I would accidentally break the window, right? And I would pretend that it wasn't. I would pretend I wouldn't say to my parents, "I just broke the window." You'd literally, I would run, literally away. run away. <laughs> Even if if, if it was my own house, even though I know I have to be back there like in a half hour, a half a day. And kids' brains are so crazy that way. And then then I would be sitting there worried sick until my parents said, who broke the window? window? And we as adults do the same thing, just in adult um, examples. That's
1: right. You know, being maxed out on our credit cards and saying, well, I'm just not going to look at that today. Yeah. That's a form of running away from what's happening. And can I, you know, one thing we talked about a couple of weeks ago is when my daughter Cameron, um, well, I'm giving away that it's Cameron, but so be
0: it. One of our kids. One of
1: our children. It's it was Cameron she, when she came in and said, "I used this bow, this archery. Oh yeah, and I made this hole in the wall." And when she came in and told me, "I want you guys to understand, it wasn't like a mom. There was probably a piece of it. Mom, do you still love me? You know. Yeah. But it was for her. Yeah. The the feeling the bad feeling that she had about making a choice that resulted in damage and the being disappointed in her own decision created such an intense feeling in her that if she would have pretended it didn't happen or covered it up, she would have gotten a million times yeah. – had worse feelings yeah. over the course of the well, next two Well,
0: there's weeks. a lot of wisdom in her decision. Yes. And I don't, I mean, I haven't even thought about it. So I honestly don't know the answer. Would all three of our daughters make such I I don't think I would have. I just said an example. I ran away after break. I remember the basement window. I broke it and I sat there in fear for a week until my dad said, who broke the window?
1: I think- our kids and everybody else's kids do a little
0: of both. Yeah.
1: I don't I think being a human being there are times that you still as a forty-three-year-old woman Your state of woman,
0: mind will dictate what decision you make.
1: There are times when I want to run away. Sure. Like or if you say if you ask me if I did something and my my first instinct is defensiveness right. versus owning up to it. That's right. a version of running away. Right. So the truth is, is our kids do, have, do both. There are sometimes they run and sometimes that they come tell the truth right away. But what we need to realize is how we can reinforce that second choice, right. which is when she came to me and told me, instead of then making it 10 times worse and saying, now you have all these consequences and now I'm taking your bow and arrow away and I can't believe you did that. Right. Instead, it's, wow, I'm so glad you told me. You did that for yourself, mm-hmm. you know. And I explained to her that you, if you would have carried that around, you would have felt awful. Right. And I said, you know, as I said before, you have to live with this hole in the wall. Mm-hmm. You, this is what happened. And I haven't I want, seen the hole yet. It's small, but I said at the same time, I want to remind you. That this is not okay and this is not acceptable in your room or in the house. I know, I know,
0: I know, I know. Sweetie, how many days did you ground her for, though? I didn't. And this is the. How long was the timeout that you put her in?
1: (laughs) I didn't. What do you mean?
0: You just talked to her.
1: She had her own.
0: What kind of a parent are you?
1: Physical and emotional experience without my inserting my own stuff in there.
0: So here's my example, which hopefully is relevant. Last night, you and I were busy. Okay. And it was like nine forty five. Yeah. And it all was quiet upstairs. And you and I did not put the girls to bed, but many times the girls put themselves oh, to bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um it was a, you were about to go upstairs and you're like, you know, I I think I may have heard some technology up there. Yeah, I now heard the girls are supposed to not have technology at pa- you know, like when they go to bed, yeah. eight thirty. So this was like an hour and fifteen minutes past. So like this is kind of a big <laughs> deal. And I said, All I know is if they are watching TV up there, I would rather you go up there than me because <laughs> I would get really, really frustrated yeah. at doing it. Now, this is more about discipline. So what did you do? You went up there and I listened. I, I heard your, your words and you didn't raise your voice.
1: Well, my tone initially your
0: tone was, was
1: was of girls, come out here. right? And I said, so, what's happening? Are you watching a show right now? Right. And the first response I heard was, well, you didn't tell us not to, right. which cracked me up initially. Right. And I said, really? Do you really think that that is my responsibility mm-hmm. to come up here and like tell you every time you're supposed to do something when you know that the rule is, is that you can watch a show before bed, but then bedtime is 8.30 and, and we're done, yeah. technology's over. And I said- We've had the same rules for how long, Mm. and I said, "Do you?" And what I was asking her, without being like shame-inducing, is, "Do you really believe that it was my responsibility to come up here and tell you?" What's funny about it? No.
0: What's funny about it is all three. Right. It wasn't one. It's one thing if, you know, one screws up, all three of them basically. Forgot about the rules.
1: Well, what they did is they took.
0: There was strength they in de- numbers.
1: Exactly. They decided they looked at each other.
0: Yeah. They're saying, well, if,
1: if she's, she's still on, on it, 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 then I'm going to be right. on it. And that's how I approached it As I talked to all three of them simultaneously about it. And I said, listen. Do you really – and again, let's, let's take this off of technology. Do you really want me to be in charge of your life right. and come up here and tell you things you need to do every minute of the day? Or do you want to take responsibility for your choices? Mm-hmm. And if you can do that, then we have a trust in this family and everything can run pretty smoothly mm-hmm. within reason. Right. But if you are going to start saying, well, you didn't tell me to not do that, then I have to start micromanaging your life. Right. That makes my life – not fun, and that makes your life very not fun. I go, that's challenging for our relationship.
0: And you guys had a back and forth, and it's safe to say, I mean, maybe I would have done a good job, but I have a feeling I'd have been like, "This is ridiculous." You guys <laughs> all know that you wouldn't, you deliberately disobeyed, whatever the word is. Disobeyed sounds kind of harsh.
1: You but deliberately chose to break a rule. To break a, to rule. Break a rule.
0: So, um, so we're not going to watch any TV at night uh, for the rest of the week, right. or something like that. Okay. I would, have, I would have resulted in off the cuff, not thinking, not checking with you type of consequences. And I think you probably did a better job than I would have because all you did was have a conversation with him. And I was tempted to bring it up this morning or last night when I gave him a kiss, but I let it go.
1: Well, I think and they all three heard we all, Like you said, the three of them came back. I said, now tell me what you were thinking. Yeah. Let me hear your side. And JC was, she's like, well, here's what I was thinking. I was cleaning my room and I, you know, everybody had a reason.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now I'm not saying it was a good enough reason. Yeah. Meaning, well, let me be very clear. All your reasons while Suck. they felt okay. I didn't say that. Are Are bad the rule is 830 yeah. and just because you're cleaning room doesn't give you permission yeah. to do this
0: and and so on and so forth
1: so we had kind of a back and forth and then i started being funny about it mm-hmm. and i said i'm gonna take all your heads and put them together and you know i was well the be- humor
0: thing is so important because it i don't know it
1: dissipates the energy yes. and then you know what they all three did did you come up no. they all three hugged me oh at the same time kind of like um not hug me like Thank you, you're a passive thanks for mom, not
0: hitting us mom. Or a
1: permissive mom. It was more like everybody got their say. Yeah. And you know, and then it was it was over. Do you think that they will watch TV at a at late at night again sometime in their life?
0: If not, they're, if they do, they're grounded, sweetie. Well, That's all I got to say. what I'm trying
1: to say is, of course, they're going to make a mistake like that again. And of course, they're going to make a choice that goes against the rules. The the thing that people are going to, who don't agree with what I did, mm-hmm. are going to say was, well, maybe they didn't learn their lesson. If I would have yelled and screamed and shamed them and told them they couldn't have the iPad for two weeks or whatever, right. it may have felt good to me because mm-hmm. I got that anger out and yeah. I'm so justified. And then they feel sad and they cry and everybody feels like crap. But they're not going to learn the lesson any better. What they're going to learn is to be afraid of me and to hide it more. Yes. So what I did instead was let's talk about this. Let me hear what you're thinking and let me reconfirm what the rules are. Let's go
0: back to the bow and arrow when Cameron shot an arrow into a room and hurt the wall. Right. Um,
1: I don't know why I think she didn't like, shoot it across the room. She was in bed. It was like, it's tiny. Whatever. But yes, she still broke a rule.
0: She came to you. And I think the reason she came to you is because of the story we just told. Yes. Which is you're not going to shame her or make her feel awful. And that is the essence of what our parenting style is.
1: And what we have to understand, you guys, is if you believe that your kids are innately good – they don't feel good about what they did already. Yep. They're carrying a burden of guilt already. Yeah, you don't we need to think,
0: layer it on.
1: We think we're imposing guilt or Something creating Something that they don't have, Exactly. They, they, know. they feel bad. And guess what? Kids who feel super guilty and shameful, guess how that shows up? behavior and disrespect mm-hmm. because they're so full of this like sense of I'm not good enough or I'm not seen or I'm not valued or I'm always doing things wrong. I mean, my, I have friends who tell me their kids say, I'm always doing things wrong. I'm a bad boy. I'm, and that's their own internal shame and guilt. Yeah. So for us to think that putting more on them changes their behavior, we now know research wise, Kristen Neff, Brene Brown, they both are researchers in this area, that self-compassion And showing compassion changes behavior, Mm -hmm. not fear and guilt and shame, but self-compassion, meaning compassion towards yourself first, and then being compassionate with the people who made poor choices. That changes behavior.
0: And that's the scientific explanation. I just think of, you know, what's the saying, how do you attract bees, honey, or vinegar, or whatever it is? You attract
1: more bees with honey honey than than vinegar? I don't know. I don't know.
0: Whatever it is. That's what it is. Sugar. No, No, it's not sure. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Our (laughs) listeners will tell us. But it's, you want them, do you want to do something not sweet, but um, honest, respectful? Do you want to do something respectful when you're talking to your kids? Or do you want to spank them or yell at them or ground them? And that doesn't do it. Because
1: a lot of times the reason we're doing that is our own internal frustration about the way we feel Mm -hmm. versus really it fitting whatever they did. Right. And again, people will disagree with me, and I know, and they'll say, but that's not the way it's done. We're raising disrespectful kids. That's why kids are this way and that way. You guys, the truth is about children who are disrespectful, who make poor choices, who you know cha- constantly challenge authority, it's because of the way they feel about themselves inside. Kids who bully feel awful about themselves. So we... Our goal is, not just Todd and I, but everybody as a society, if we raise children who understand their value and worth, there will be less negativity coming from them because they won't have that negativity inside. Of course, they'll have a little because we all do. We all have egos. We're human. But they won't carry that pain And they won't carry that sense of detachment and isolation that they can feel when their parents shame and guilt them. So if you you got to go to the core of why you do this. I don't do this so my kids think I'm cool. Mm -hmm. I don't do this so I can be friends with my kids. I do this to maintain a connection with my kids so I can support them throughout their lives. It's relationship building. I am their support system. I am not the person who makes them feel like crap about themselves. The rest of the world will do that for them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The, but I am also the person who reminds them when their choices were not good. Yeah, I take responsibility for that as a parent, but it doesn't have to be. We, we like to think that when, you know, parents who take responsibility for telling their kids they don't do something, it's when they yell at them, shame them, make them feel bad, that that's working. And that's the paradigm shift that we're trying to create.
0: Okay. Um, I... Did a little research. Okay. The phrase is, you can catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar.
1: Flies? I don't want to catch flies.
0: Yeah. I'm not um, a fan. I knew it was wrong when I said bees, though, because bees, bees make, make honey. honey. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew something was wrong. But bees I, are
1: like, dude, I already caught the honey. But
0: I don't really know how you... Flies, fly swatter.
1: How about Bee Movie?
0: Bee, yeah, Bee movies great. We quote
1: Bee Movie a lot.
0: We do. We haven't shared it on the show. Maybe I'll pull pull one up. Um, What about our first partner, sweetie? Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, Dr. Kelly. She adjusts us twice a month and does an amazing job. Uh, You can learn more about her by going to chirotree.com or giving them a call, 630-941-8733. All right. Um, Our next order of business is this um, young man who's in seventh grade. I don't even know his name. I don't want to know his don't, name.
1: Yeah, this is a kid. Well, let's talk about it generally, Toddy.
0: Let's say a kid got a ticket for truancy based off of he repeatedly was late for school.
1: And ticketed, do you mean by the police office? By So police? this is
0: what happened. Um, he got like 60 tardies. Okay. And then the police went to his house um, a few at one point before he got this ticket. And they said, listen, next time we have to come here, we're going to give you a ticket. Okay. And he finally got the ticket. So it made headlines in our little town. Yeah,
1: why is this in the newspaper when this kid is a minor?
0: Probably because it's, uh, I don't know, maybe once it goes to a police report, it's public, but it doesn't matter. It's not about this kid.
1: Okay, it's about it as a whole. It's
0: about it as a whole. Now, you know, when I first heard about this, I started judging, saying uh, both sides of the argument. One is, you know, to that parent you know why are you letting the police do something that you should be able to do yourself and then i took the other side of the argument which is you're darn right you know if you can't do it you you get this kid to understand that there are ramifications mm. based upon his, his decisions choices and behavior but after it was all said and done what i ended up saying to myself is i don't have a freaking clue of what's going on in this Correct. family so I, I just wanted to say the story out loud because I think it's so easy for us to judge like Ooh, we would have done that or we wouldn't have done that or isn't this a good parent or isn't this a bad parent and we really don't know and it's just a reminder don't be don't assume, don't assume and don't be so judgmental and I'm saying this to myself cuz I did the exact same
1: Well, isn't there a quote about I used to judge people's parenting and I used to decide what I was going to do as a parent and then I had kids. Mm -hmm. And there's something very important about understanding that we don't get to control every aspect of life and you never know what's going to happen. And even though you look at things and you say, oh, I would never let that happen or I would never do that, you don't have control over every aspect. So I think what Todd is trying to say is – again, compassion. We don't know what's going on with this kid or with this family. It may be just a blip in his life, right. meaning that he's like, okay, now I got it. And it, Or there could be something so extreme and large going on that, that him being truant is the smallest yeah, issue. exactly. And it's, again, not just with this family, it's with anybody. When we look at people and we decide that we would do it different and that they're wrong and that they're bad or that we care about our kids and they don't, when those feelings come up, because here's something that's important, Todd. We all judge. Mm-hmm. The judging thoughts and feelings come up because we have an ego and because our brain is processing information constantly. Right. So you can't keep from judging. What you can do is when you notice your judgment, put some compassion in there. Recognize that you truly don't know. Yep. Recognize that, you know, like when people have all these awful negative comments on Facebook, I'm so, sup- or Twitter or wherever, sometimes it's so mean. And I think to myself, gosh, do you really want that in print? Like, is that really something you want to say to this person that you don't even know? And you don't even know what their situation is? And would you want someone to treat you that way? I mean, it really is such a simple equation. Mm -hmm. If that's what you put out, that's what you get back. You can call that karma. You can call that the law. uh, What is it called? Um, Newton's.
0: Newton's law of.
1: Uh, it's, 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 there's a number to it. Newton's law, Coglin's law.
0: (laughs) Coglin's law. Bury the dead. They stink up the place. That's a
1: cocktail reference. Yeah, it is. For those of you who like the movie cocktail. Um, anyway, so these are just universal principles. And so to this family, to any family who's struggling with something that goes public, um, there are so many pieces that other people don't understand and- have compassion for yourself and your situation, and you can learn how you want to treat other people the way that people, based on how people treat you.
0: Yeah. You want to get something in your life, you got to give it away. You want love, you give love. You want compassion, you give compassion. That's
1: right. Very simple. You want people to be less judgmental of you, be less, be less judgmental. judgmental of other people.
0: That's right. You're welcome, Newton. Whatever. What was
1: it? Was Newton's... I don't know.
0: I pulled up second law, but it's really got a bunch... It's of, the third law? A bunch of big words. I don't know.
1: Well, I just want to know what the, you
0: he's, know... He, Newton's second law of motion can be... It's a there it is. Second law of second motion. Second law of motion. But it says the acceleration of an object is produced by a net... force. Like, it doesn't help. No. Okay. All right. What about our second partner, sweetie? Let's hear. John J. Kelly. It's not your father's dentist. He does <laughs> things the different way, sweetie. Uh, comprehensive dentistry. He's helping uh, both of our daughters with uh, better smiles better breathing, um, what else? Better facial development. That's what he focuses on. So if you have any kids that are getting uh, ready to go into that um, braces phase, um, I highly recommend, I cannot recommend John Kelly highly enough. And the website is chicago com, and the number is 773-631-6844. He's our wonderful partner. Thank you, John. Um, all right. Now, one other story from yesterday, sweetie, we did a little bit of purging in the basement and mm-hmm. there's a whole bunch of um, baby stuff that we haven't got rid of for mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. So I was here with my three daughters and we were, I basically said, you guys each can fill up one bin of stuff that yeah. you literally haven't touched in years, yeah. but just in case you have some type of connection with it, you can fill up a bin of stuff. And one of our daughters struggled because she wanted to keep everything. Yes. And she got really sad, and I felt like, once again, I wasn't doing a good job, so I called you downstairs and said, I don't think I'm doing a good job with this kid, because what she was doing was reminiscing and wanting to keep things that she literally hasn't touched in years. In my very logical and practical brain, it makes no sense to me. To you. So, to me. So, then you came downstairs, and you had a kid crying.
1: Yeah, she was crying. And and so I said, "Tell me exactly how what you're feeling, and is it about the stuff? Is it about memories? Is it about like I just gave her a bunch of examples, and you know, first she." What she was just like, I don't know, I don't know, I just don't want to get rid of it. And then I said, Do you, when you look at that, do you think about being that age? Is it a memory to you? And she said, Yes, it's the memories. And I was telling Todd that this daughter, whenever she figures out, whenever she can get a word for how she's feeling mm-hmm. and she feels like heard, she always grabs my arm, right? Kind of like, Oh, that's it, you know? And I said, I totally hear you. And I actually brought up, um, your sister cleaning out your mom's house yep. and how difficult that was for Shane mm. to clean out your mom's house um, because so many memories are attached to everything in that childhood home um, and how I have difficulty doing that. And even you have difficulty doing that in some ways. And I said, but the interesting thing is, is that the memory actually isn't in the stuff. Exactly. It's in you. Right. With that said... You and and you were down here when we discussed this. If it's too painful to give that up right now, the emotions win over the purging. Right. In in this situation. Yeah. People who are hoarders, yeah. different situation. There's okay. I'm not talking about someone who really has to learn that yeah. lesson. I'm talking about a young
0: child. If we're gonna make a mistake, we're gonna make it on keeping it just so we don't you know, devastate this right. girl. Right.
1: I have no desire to say sorry, yeah. you know. And she really didn't keep more than that bin. Mm. She she had a few things piled on top because yeah, my other daughter kept saying, this is full. <laughs> yeah.
0: She put on as much in that thing as she could have.
1: But again, the acknowledgement is, is that sometimes, like you said, they're crying and they're upset and we say you shouldn't be sad. And- there are people, including this daughter and myself in the world and many others of you who listen, who are really sensitive to those things. And energetically, it feels painful. And that doesn't mean that we shouldn't purge. It means that we have to be conscious and compassionate toward how we're feeling. And that is why wonderful personal organizers and certain people who do this for a living, my friend Elizabeth who does this for a living, she always talks about how this is really more it's not about organizing. It's about helping people with their emotional awareness around stuff. Right. That you have to be really thoughtful. It's a spiritual practice, really. Right. Um and on that note, it's just perfect example. Um, my sister gave me a book yesterday or let me borrow a book And many of you have probably heard of this book because it's on the bestseller list, The Life-Changing Art of Tidying Up, The Japanese Art of Decluttering and Organizing. Uh, Marie Kondo, I think is how you pronounce her last name. And her method, she calls it the KonMari way, which is just her name, you know, backwards. And she basically teaches people how to tidy. And the core of it is getting rid of stuff and that you can't tidy up a room if things don't belong there anymore. right? And so as an adult, even though, like I was just saying with her, the emotions win because she's a kid, or at least we have to balance the emotions. Maybe you can't keep the whole box, but you can definitely keep all the stuffed animals. Yeah. Because she believes those are real.
0: She believes that they have positive energy.
1: She believes that they have feelings Mm -hmm. because she's a kid. Mm -hmm. And I, my parents would tell you that I had a whole – a silver shelving unit in my closet that was full of stuffed animals and I had a list of all their names and they took turns sleeping with me mm-hmm. because I didn't want it to be unfair. She's a lot like that.
0: Was Monkey the best one?
1: Well he stayed in the bed all the time. Oh yeah. Monkey did. was like Mr. Bear. Yeah. Like he was but you know, Allie alligator.
0: Do we still have Allie?
1: No. Oh. I don't know where they all went at Monkey this time. Monkey made it. Monkey made it.
0: Monkey's still Thank goodness
1: kicking yeah so anyway um i thought you were doing wonderfully i don't think that there was any i mean i couldn't really hear what was going on down here but you you, well it was
0: basically me and jc against her
1: we were both needed because she needed some logical yeah but she also needed some emotional yeah is that it wasn't just like
0: the catch line of our show
1: right she needed to be heard and seen but she also needed to hear that we can no longer keep everything We've got to make some choices
0: um the I want to play a clip because anybody who is about our age, I am 43 and you're 43.
1: We're the same age for now, for now,
0: and then you'll be older.
1: Then I'm going to be older
0: on July 29th. Correct. Um, we grew up with David Letterman, and yes. I think it's his last day on Wednesday. 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 Yeah, so I found a clip. I mean, there's no way to um,
1: summarize encapsulate. Thing, no. So,
0: Norm MacDonald did a stand up on his show last week. And it's about a minute and a half, and I just want to play this out of respect and admiration for Dave Letterman because he was such a big part of our lives growing up. Yeah. So um, listen in; it's a good hour and hour and a half, good minute and a half, Uh, and it's Norm Macdonald on the David Letterman show. He has an eight-minute stand-up, but this is the last ninety seconds.
2: I was living in. uh, I was living in Toronto, Canada, and I went to a talk show they had there, and uh, David Letterman was the stand-up comedian on the show, and uh, I loved stand-up, and David Letterman did this joke that I told everybody this joke. I love this joke. It still uh, stays with me. It was my favorite stand-up joke ever, so I'd like to do it for you if you'd like to hear it. He goes, um, I, uh, I, I was on the street the other day and uh, I, uh, I saw a garbage truck and on the back of the garbage truck, there was a small sign that said, please do not follow too closely. <laughs> Another of life's simple pleasures, ruined by a meddling bureaucracy, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you remember the old days when... When dad would pile the kids in the station wagon and we'd all go out and follow a garbage truck. So, anyways, I'd just like to say I know that uh, Mr. Letterman is uh, 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 not for the mawkish and uh, he, has, uh, he has no truck for the sentimental. But if something is true, it is not sentimental. And I say in truth, I love you. Oh,
0: So if you watch the rest of the clip, because I have the advantage of seeing this, um, that Norm is completely... He's, at
1: the very beginning, he was choking up, if you couldn't tell yeah. what he was doing. He choked up through the whole thing. Yeah,
0: and he's completely like choked up, and Dave, obviously, is very thankful, but even within that, Dave is not a touchy-feely guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure all Norm wants to do is give him a hug and Dave, Dave is, is kind of like his hand. Yeah, shaking his hand. Even and, though they're
1: very good friends. Yeah, right. Like, this, you know, anybody who's been watching this this end of this um, this era for David Ledman, he's been having all of his favorite guests on. And, mm-hmm. you know, so it, obviously he had Norm do a, almost a 10-minute stand-up. So mm-hmm. it gives you an understanding of the respect he has for right. him. But I think Dave's just trying to hold it together, Todd. Yeah. I think he just can't let go yet. Yeah. Meaning if he breaks down now.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, but Norm was
0: so lovely. He was, he was. I always thought he was funny, he was best on Saturday Night Live when he was Burt Reynolds on Jeopardy. <laughs> uh, so this is for David Letterman.
1: Thank, Yay, thank you, David Letterman. Thank you,
0: Dave. All right, I don't know how many listeners questions we can get to, but I'm gonna get to one of them okay. at least. Just one. I feel like my girls are old enough now to start helping out around the house and I can't seem to incentivize them with an allowance. They don't mind if they don't earn the money. I don't want helping out to be a punishment I want them to see that it's about personal responsibility and care for our living environment. They also might be neater if they, can, if they have to clean up more often. Do you have any suggestions on instituting a chore system? What do you think,
1: sweetie? Well, I mean, there's many different things you can do. Um, I do believe that in the house, even though I know there's a time for making it more like, okay, now you get paid an allowance. I'm not necessarily against an allowance, but I I think that it's just important when you live in a village or in a home like we do, that everybody contributes to that village or that home. And that's not always done to get paid. Um, That's just because you live here. And that's kind of the way you approach it. And I think that the thing that's worked best for us for us since the kids were little is first this and then that mm-hmm. which means yeah. that when you have something you need to do which i've asked you to do there's no technology there's no going to someone's house there's no doing that until you do this once you do this you're free mm-hmm. i mean i can't tell you how many times i say that sentence girls once you complete this you're free right I, we we say that with homework yep we say that with you know the expectations the things that they do which they're young so they don't have huge jobs yet but if we've asked them even something simple like bring your stuff they'll we put a lot of stuff on the stairs to go upstairs. Mm-hmm. You know, once you get your stuff off the stairs, you're free. Mm-hmm. But you have to do this and then that. Yeah. So instead of making a big system around it because I know a lot of people, you know, it, reward systems and incentive systems or sticker charts, it's called behavior modification and it definitely has a place. It 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 has history, it has roots. It you know, we used it at Children's Memorial. There is some – it does work. But the problem with it is that you have to keep up with it yep. and you have to figure out other ways. What it can do – when I said work, I kind of put it in quotes, meaning that you can shift to behavior, but it may only be temporary. Because then when – like with one of my daughters, when we were doing potty training, we tried to – or – Was that what it's called? Potty training?
2: That's what it's Um, called.
1: We're so far from it. We were trying to use things like little M&Ms and things people suggested. And then she wouldn't go to the bathroom without the M&M. Right. So again, if you base everything on – all their learning on, well, then you get a reward, then you're creating a system within themselves where they don't want to do things unless they get a reward. Getting rewards occasionally is fine. It's great. I- again, it's just so hard to talk about because it's not black and white. Right. I know people want us to like hammer it down and say, do this or do that. But there's sometimes a place for this or that, you know, a reward here or there. But if everything is based around money and rewards, then that's the system we're creating inside of them. They do things for extrinsic reasons and not for intrinsic reasons.
0: Yeah. And if you want to hear a good 35 minute interview with a guy named Alfie Cohn that we did. Um, I don't know. A Couple few, months ago, few months ago, um, it's very interesting. One of the better interviews I think we've done because he has such an interesting take on everything. So. Well,
1: and it's not just an interesting take. He's done research, yeah. so he's put all the research together. Where you know he would look at research on behavior modification and say, "Oh yeah, it it shifts behavior," mm-hmm. but. When you look two weeks later, the behavior is back. Right. So it's temporary. Yeah. Um, and so he's done all that research to put that together where what we're trying to help our kids do is be uh, intrinsically motivated to do these things so they carry it into life yeah. because we don't want them to get in a job and say, well, I don't care about the job. What's in it for me? We want them to be like, understand they're part of a community. Well, and fast forward
0: to the adults. I mean, if we are only get working to get paid, that's fine, but- it's not you're probably not inspired by it no so the idea is as adults we find things that we're inspired by and we do a good job and then whatever rewards come with that whether it's a paycheck or accolades it will come because you're inspired versus the other way around unfortunately i think most of us are stuck working for a paycheck but this podcast maybe not most
1: maybe just many 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 but
0: this podcast um I would do for free. I mean, I know we... We kind of do. Well, we don't get paid, at least not yet, um, <laughs> other than we have some partnerships that we talk about every week yeah, on the show. Yeah. But um, put it this way, we're not... We're this not, is not work. This is, this is our fun. Yes, yes. Um, so anyways, that's, that's all I wanted to say.
1: Well, and again... What we're hoping for, not just Todd and I, but what the whole idea of empathy is in the world is going out and doing things because you know it contributes to the world and it makes you feel good doing it and it makes other people feel good and there's just that energy going on. And if we can start by creating that in our home, of course kids are going to push back. Ours do all the time. I don't want to pick up that stuff, or yep. I'm done, or of course they are. They're, kids aren't going to do this perfectly. Their brains are immature. They're immature. They're not, as uh, one of my teachers said to me once, they're not fully civilized yet. But if we can practice um, reminding them that when you live in a home, there are things you need We're to do. We're talking
2: about
0: practice. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. Practice, man. I mean how silly is that?
1: Thank you, Alan.
0: How silly is that sweetie?
1: Well it's it is practice. It is
0: We We're talking about okay. practice. Enough. Sorry. <laughs> I'm really tempted to do another uh, I know you are time, because you see I'm trying to get my words out and you're you're putting finish up. We gotta over go. me. <laughs> Sorry.
1: For real. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that's
0: it. No, are you mad?
1: No, no, I'm not mad, but I, I lost I've your lost, mojo. Yeah, I lost my train of thought. Sorry,
0: what about Jeremy Kraft? He's our third partner. Yes. I'm going to do a little uh, music here. Um, Jeremy Kraft's our third partner, Avid Company, 630 956 1800, net. Um. Thank you for sharing our show. Thank you for giving us an iTunes review. Thank you for um, listening.
1: Yes. Thanks thank for you buying for...
0: Kathy's books. Oh,
1: yeah. Thank you. And just thank you for being wonderful people in the world who do good things and not perfect people. Wonderful people. I'm not perfect. Are you?
0: Not even close, bud. <laughs> not even close. But we're practicing. Bud. That's right. What movie is that from? Breakfast Club. Nice job, sweetie. Thank you. Um, all right, we'll catch you guys on Friday. Interesting interview coming up. Yeah. All right, take care. Have Bye-bye. a good
1: week.